It's November 6th, and things are not good for Iraqi Christians. Last Sunday, some 50 Christians were killed after militants stormed a Syrian Catholic church in Baghdad. The militants held about 120 parishioners hostage for nearly four hours before security forces stormed the building and freed them, ending a standoff that left dozens dead. But things have not been good for Christians in Iraq now for eight years. It's impossible for them, who belong to a small minority, to lead a normal, healthy life, or sometimes even stay alive. Over the last eight years, some 500,000 Iraqi Christians have become refugees in neighboring Arab countries like Jordan. They've had to. Those who choose to stay do so at their own risk. What are they supposed to do? Not to lay blame, but the U.S.-led invasion of Iraq has brought destruction and ruin to Christians. Churches have been blown up, bishops, priests, and lay people have been massacred, doctors and businessmen have been kidnapped, others are threatened, and their homes are pillaged. Christians in Iraq are targeted for being Christian. And since the invasion, there is no authority in Iraq. This was a major concern for the Synod Fathers who recently met in Rome for this past Synod on the Middle East. The solution? Of course, it is not to confront violence with violence. Is it to leave? Well, why should they? It is their home. But can love between brothers and sisters, Christians and Muslims, Arabs alike, triumph over this whole mess? We can only pray and we can only hope. I'm Pedro Guevara Man, and this is Salt and Light Radio. Hello and welcome to Salt and Light Radio. I'm Pedro Guevara Man. Sitting here with me is Chris Dimitrenko. Hi, Pedro. So Mary Rose is not here today, so Alessia Domenico will be sitting in her chair. And Lawrence is back with us with uh, our Saint of the Week. And in the second half of the program, we'll be speaking with personal trainer Michael Carrera. Now, I know, Chris, you know him. Yes, yes, I met him, and uh, he told me about about his book, so it's really exciting to to see it come out now. Okay, but mm-hmm. this is not something you've already started. You haven't started the Catholic work. I like haven't this. started the routine yet, but I'm no. very intrigued. I know mm-hmm. you're you're a health health uh, fitness nut yourself, so I, I'm, I'm sure that you're interested in the Catholic workout. Um, we'll be talking about that in the second half of the program. And our featured band of the week is Kaylee Rain. Have you heard of this band, Chris? I have, yeah. Kaylee Rain. Do you, are you like a Gaelic kind of Irish music kind of guy? Not really. I'm more of an Eastern European uh, <laughs> type. I don't I don't really have any of the, the Irish in me, I'm afraid. But uh, I, I have heard them. They played at World Youth Day. Yeah, they and and yeah, they're they're a good, uh, excellent group. One of the first Catholic groups I ever heard of. Kaylee Rain. So we're going to be speaking with. Uh, band frontman Bob Halligan Jr. in about 45 minutes um, and that's where we begin we begin with a Kaylee Rain classic from their first album published in 1987 Say Kaylee the song is called That's All the Lumber You Sent Bill. 
That was our featured group of the week, Kaylee Rain, with their song, That's All the Lumber You Sent. And coming up, Lawrence will tell us all about our Saint of the Week. But first, Chris is still here. Uh, sad things happening in Iraq. Yes, and there was the the one bombing that I think really um, put a, a face to the conflict in mm-hmm. that we hear about these bombings so often it's... it's uh, we almost just skim through them in the news without really thinking about them. And the situation with the cathedral in Baghdad, I think, really caused people to stop and uh, to consider the plight of of the people, not just Christians in Iraq. Um, as we know, armed gunmen attacked the Our Lady of Deliverance Cathedral. Fifty-eight people were killed, including five of the attackers. Now the police, the priest celebrant was the first killed, and another was killed as well. And uh, a group with ties to Al Qaeda claimed responsibility. And in the last, uh, in the past week, they also threatened the Vatican, calling it a hallucinating tyrant, and saying that the killing sword won't be lifted from the necks of their followers until they disassociate themselves from the Coptic Church in Egypt. Hmm. And so why why the Coptic Church in Egypt? Well, Akita l- alleges that the Coptic Church is forcibly confining the wives of two Coptic priests in a monetary, and, uh, and they say that those two wives um, had converted to Islam. Now, the church is denying this claim, so it's, it's, it's kind of a, a strange accusation. But in the meantime, they're, they're telling their followers, Al-Qaeda, that all Christian followers are legitimate targets. So it's truly frightening. Uh, Pope Benedict, on Monday, he called the attack savage and absurd. Uh, he said that it was even more ferocious because it was done in God's house. Mm-hmm. He told Iraqi Christians to be strong and firm in hope. At a telegram, he sent a telegram as well for the funeral, uh, which was celebrated by Cardinal Delhi, mm-hmm. uh, the Cardinal of Iraq, the only Cardinal in Iraq. Uh, he said, I renew my call that the sacrifice of our brothers and sisters may be the seed of peace and true rebirth, and that those who care about reconciliation, solidarity, and fraternal existence find the strength and motivation to do good. Um, Leaders in Iraq fear uh, an increase of the Christian exodus that's going on already. Already it's been estimated that of the 1.5 million uh, Christians who were in Iraq prior to uh, the w- the most recent war in Iraq, uh, about a million of them have left, and many more say that after this attack, they're they're going to leave too if they mm-hmm. can. And this just comes out a week out one week after the close of the Synod of Bishops on the Middle East, where uh, the exodus from Iraq and more broadly Christians right. from the Middle East was a big subject. Yeah, and now the Holy Father is in Spain. That's right. The Pope has begun another apostolic voyage. This one's a short one, Pedro. It's just two days. He arrived, to d- he arrived today in Santiago to de Compostela, yep. which is known as the uh, destination uh, for the Camino de Santiago, the, the really famous pilgrimage in Spain that uh, traditionally goes from, from France in the Pyrenees all the way to uh, the west coast mm-hmm. of Spain. And uh, so he visited the cathedral there and celebrated Mass in the square in front of it. And tomorrow he's uh, he's going to be having events in Barcelona. He's already flown to Barcelona, stayed there, staying there overnight, and he'll be celebrating Holy Mass at the Sagrada Familia Church, which Pedro is one of the most remarkable 
uh, churches in the world. It's been b- being built for over yes. 100 years, yeah, and it's yeah, not even done yeah. yet. It's supposed to be done by 2026. Yeah. The architect was uh, Antoni Gaudi, yeah. who himself has a, a process for the cause of his own canonization. Yes, interesting. And uh, and so the Holy Father, after tomorrow, will be going back to Rome. Yeah, and Lawrence will be back when we talk about programming to tell us about all the details because we will be broadcasting uh, all those events tomorrow from Barcelona. Thank you, That's Chris. Right. Um, we've heard from Chris. Now we want to hear from you. Send us uh, an email. What do you think about the, what's happening in Iraq and, and your thoughts on the Pope's visit to Spain? Radio at saltandlighttv.org. Org. Coming up is our diocesan update, so don't go anywhere. You're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel, Sirius 159 and XM 117. I'm Pedro Guevara Man. Our website is saltandlighttv.org slash radio. We're also on Facebook, Salt and Light TV, so look us up. Coming up is Alessia Domenico with our diocesan update, but first... Saint of the Week. Here's Lawrence. <laughs> All right. So uh, Wednesday, November the 10th, yep. we have St. Leo the Great. Okay. So he was uh, the first pope to be called the Great, and there's only three of those. There's Pope Gregory the Great, and Nicholas, Nicholas the Great. And John Paul. Soon to, Soon be. to be the Great, yeah, yes. Hopefully. Uh, he's also a doctor of the church, which yeah. is a pretty significant uh-huh. title. So um, I want to tell a little story about him, um, a famous story, in fact. So there's a story where Attila the Hun, right? He's um, this conqueror, comes to Rome. Yeah. He's going to conquer Rome. But then the emperor sends, um, he sends some, uh, some senators, um, some government officials basically, and Pope Leo to stop him before he enters Rome. Hmm. Um, so the story goes that Pope Leo goes to ask for mercy. And as he's... As he's talking to Attila the Hun, uh, the apostles Peter and Paul appear over top of of Saint Leo with swords, uh-huh. basically threatening Attila. Like he's the only one that sees this, right? And and that was Neat. what made him turn around. Nice. Yeah, that's and, funny. And there's actually um, a famous painting by Raphael called "The Meeting Between Pope Leo the Great and Attila," and it okay. depicts this, okay. this scene. Nice, nice yeah. That's it. That's it. I mean, that's pretty. That's a pretty amazing. That, that's story. very cool. Okay, and I was that's great because I didn't know anything about Pope Leo except that he was Leo the Great. Yeah. So thank you very much um, for that. Our Saint of the Week on Wednesday, November the tenth, Saint Leo the Great, Pope Leo the Great. Now, in the second half of our program, we're going to be speaking with personal trainer Michael Carrera about his Catholic workout. So stay tuned. Hey, this is Jesse Manabusin. You're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel, Sirius 159 and XM117. Our email address is radio at saltandlighttv.org. I'm Pedro Guevara Man, and here now with me, sitting in for Mary Rose, is Alessia Domanico. Hi, Pedro. Great to be here. So what's, what's happening in the country? Okay, so in Vancouver, the Archdiocese of Vancouver Stewardship Conference is taking place. Uh, what it's meant to do is deepen your vision, build new skills, and learn effective techniques to help bring you... Uh, a steward's life to the people the Lord is asking you to serve. So Archbishop Miller will welcome everyone with an opening presentation, and Reverend Brendan McGuire from Holy Spirit Parish in San Jose, California, is going to be the keynote speaker. So that is taking place on Friday, November 12th, and Saturday, November 13th, at St. Helens Parish in Burnaby. 
And if you want more information on that event, visit the Archdiocese of Vancouver's website, rcav.org. In Saskatoon on Monday, November the 8th, um, from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m., there's going to be a diocesan youth retreat team training session. So this is for high school students and young adults that want to challenge and uh, grow in their faith, leadership, and team building skills. The Diocesan Youth Retreat Team is a faith formation group who hosts retreats for other young adults as a form of peer-to-peer ministry all around the diocese. And I hear there's pizza included, so what more what reason else do, do you, you need? Yeah, exactly. uh, their website is saskatoonrcdiocese.com for more information. In Toronto, for all the foodies, hmm. on November 9th at 7 p.m. at the Bloor Street United Church, 300 Bloor Street West, is an event called Food, Faith, and the Environment. They're taking a look at urban farming and uh, community gardening and how food can can help us connect with a deeper sense of community and spirituality. Go figure. Mm -hmm. So uh, some of the speakers there are uh, David Mayberry of the Canadian Food Grains Bank and Genevieve Anderson. And Genevieve coordinates in a pretty cool little program called Eat, Pray, Share. Uh It's a program with faith connections and it explores such topics as hospitality, grace, God's presence, fasting, feasting, and the Eucharist. Uh So if you want more more info about that event, you can call Lauren Draney at 416-593-0906. Then also in Toronto on November the 13th is an event called the Freedom to Love Conference. Couples for Christ is hosting that. It's a pro-life congress, and Christopher West is the guest. Right. And he's from the Theology of the Body Institute. And West will be conducting a session on Pope John Paul II's Theology of the Body. That's taking place at Canadian Christian College, 50 Gervais Street, Toronto. And that starts uh, at 8 a.m. to 6 p.m., again, on November the 13th. And in Charlottetown, PEI, Adult Faith Formation, A Living Hope and a Chosen People. What this is, it's on um, Wednesday, November the 10th from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. at St. Francis of Assisi Church in Cornwall, Prince Edward Island. Um, What it is, basically, is a look at the New Testament book, First Letter of Peter, and that happens every Wednesday evening. If you want to register for that, you can call 566-3876. Or check out their website, dioceseofcharlottetown.com slash calendar. Well, great. Thank you, Alessia. Nice to hear uh, what's happening in Charlottetown, PEI. Yeah. Um, I was there this summer, so that's, that's, that's right, very cool. That's right, you beautiful place. Um, a reminder to all our listeners, let us know what's happening in your diocese. Send us an email, radio at saltonlighttv.org, and then we will let everyone else know. Mm-hmm. Stay tuned, because Alessia is just going to stick around uh, as we continue looking at uh, events across the country. You're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel, Sirius 159 and XM 117. I'm Pedro Guevara Man, and coming up is our programming news, but we continue with Alessia. So the Brother Andre festivities continue. They do. I spoke with Laura Iriachi in Montreal, and uh, Laura is a journalist based there who's worked extensively with Catholic press and media and as a web editor for the Archdiocese of Montreal. Mm-hmm. Um, she was also our Montreal correspondent for the canonization of St. Andre right. earlier in October. So we spoke about last week's Mass in Montreal at Olympic Stadium and about some of the upcoming events in November in honor of St. Andre. 
Hello, Laura. Thanks for joining us on Salt and Light Radio. Hi, Alessia. It's a pleasure. So you've had a whirlwind experience over the past month with the canonization of Brother Andre. Um, mm-hmm. And almost 50,000 people came out for the Thanksgiving Mass at Olympic Stadium last Saturday. So you were covering that. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you give our listeners a recap about what happened? Sure. Um, I mean, the event at the Olympic Stadium, October 30, was a wonderful and an historic event, mm-hmm. not only for the church in Montreal and the church in Canada, but I think for the country itself. Okay. Um, Brother Andre is, is really a, not just a Quebec icon, but, but a Canadian, um, uh, someone who is a great Canadian, as uh, Prime Minister Harper had mentioned in, in his talk and in, and in his uh, interactions with the press on Brother Andre. Mm-hmm. Now, the venue, what was interesting about the event on, on uh, last Saturday is that the Olympic Stadium is usually the site of you know, large sporting events and trade shows. There's usually a lot of noise and <laughs> cheering and all this kind of stuff. Exactly. Last Saturday was actually converted into a very prayerful place and the, probably the largest church in the country that day. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a very solemn Mass, but it was also really joyful. And the people responded um, to Cardinal Turcotte's homily. Every time he mentioned, uh, he spoke of, of Brother Andre and, his, and um, his accomplishments and his virtues, you know, they cheered and they waved uh, white flags or white scarves in the air. And his homily as well was really poignant. I think this was a, a high point in uh, Cardinal Turcotte's episcopate. You know, he spoke of Brother Andre as a great saint and as a homegrown saint, someone who is, as we say in French, de chez nous, mm-hmm. uh, and yet has such international appeal. What was interesting about the event as well is that it drew uh, politicians and dignitaries um, from the municipal, provincial, and, and at, the, at the national level as well. Um, among them was the Montreal Mayor, Gerald Tremblay, and there was uh, Prime uh, Minister uh, Stephen Harper and Quebec Premier Jean Charest. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting to hear what they had to say about Brother Andre too, Alessia. Um, the mayor spoke about developing religious tourism in Montreal and how Brother Andre is going to help us do that. Charest spoke about um, the importance of the church in Quebec in its history and still today saying that Brother Andre kind of calls that out in, in our culture, tells us that religion is still important. And um, Harper spoke about Brother Andre as an icon, mm-hmm. but also about his simple faith. He underlined the fact that Brother Andre is a great Canadian because he accomplished things because of his faith. Right. I thought these three um, uh, politicians' words and comments on Brother Andre were far, very interesting. They were wonderful comments, especially saying that he uh, is a great model for Canadians and he's an icon mm-hmm. for us, especially mm-hmm. Catholic Catholics in Canada. Mm-hmm. So now the Archdiocese of Montreal um, and Canada have a few upcoming events that are lined up for you know, the next coming months. Can you tell us a little bit about what uh, the Archdiocese of Montreal has in store for honoring St. Andre? Yeah, there are a couple of things that are happening in Montreal. You know, it, um, it's worth it to mention that the day after the event on the 30th, uh, mm-hmm. the oratory held um, two masses for members of the Bessette family, extended oh. members of uh, Brother Andre's family. About 500 people turned out, um, followed by a reception where people got to know each other. Wow. You know, relatives, uh, distant relatives got to meet uh, Americans and Canadians. It was, it was really interesting. Yeah. So that was part of the celebrations. And then on November 1st, for All Saints Day, the Oratory held a special Mass underlining Brother Andre's accession to the Altar of Saints. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have another event in the Archdiocese of Montreal on November 10. It'll be held at the Cathedral. 
And at this event, um, the Congregation of Holy Cross, to which Brother Andre belonged, uh, will give to the diocese a life-size, stat- life-size statue of Brother Andre, which will be installed uh, permanently in the cathedral. Um, and it's also underlining the 160th anniversary of the presence of this congregation in Montreal. So it's kind of like a, a, a double celebration. Yeah, dual. It is. It's really neat. The, this congregation was founded 167 years ago, and seven years after its foundation, um, it was invited to, to Montreal. So it's a very long history, a very long relationship between the diocese and the Congregation of Holy Cross. Now, there are um, a bunch of other events that are going to be planned. They haven't been announced yet. Uh, Montreal Mayor Gerald Trombley did say at a press conference that he has plans to call the oratory and see how the municipality um, can enter into the celebrations and plan some civil events. Oh, that'll to, be nice. To, yeah, to mark to mark the canonization. Mm-hmm. Um, but in addition to that, what we have to look forward to in the new year is a tour of Brother Andre's relic, um, which is, it's not the main relic. The main relic remains at the oratory. It's Brother Andre's heart. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are uh, fragments of the heart that have, over the years, through the, the maintenance of, uh, of, of the heart, have fallen away. And these have been collected and have been put together into a two other relics, one that was uh, left in Rome, and the other which is here and which will tour uh, parishes. Oh, wonderful. It's being organized by the Oratory and the Diocese of St. Hyacinth, which is Brother Andre's home diocese, Mm -hmm. just uh, southeast of of Montreal. And um, I don't have too many details yet, but I know that it'll be parish-based, and it'll... um, uh, Go according to demand. If parishes would like the relic, then then they'll they'll ask for it, and it'll it'll uh, it'll be a stop on the tour. Right. And so more information to come. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much, Laura, for joining us. And everybody, be sure to look for news in the new year about this touring relic through the parishes of Canada. And again, on November tenth, um, there will be an event at the cathedral in Montreal. Laura Iriachi, thank you once again for joining us today on Salt and Light Radio. That was Laura Iriachi from the Archdiocese of Montreal. She's a journalist that works in collaboration with Salt and Light. Great. Thank you very much, Alessia. Alessia Domenico sitting in for Mary Rose Bacani. Now, coming up in the second half of Salt and Light Radio is our featured band of the week, Kaylee Rain. We'll be speaking with Bob Halligan, so don't go anywhere. I'm John Dawson, and you're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel, Sirius 159, XM 117. I'm Pedro Guevara Man. You can also listen to our program at saltandlighttv.org slash radio, and that's where you can also download all the programs. Now here back with us is Lawrence with our programming news. We Pope in Spain, I guess. That's right, yeah. We're, programming. Uh, we're in the middle kind of of the uh, apostolic journey to Spain. Yep. So tomorrow on Sunday, the 7th, he's finishing up his trip. Um, and he one of the one of the highlights of the trip will be um, the Holy Mass and dedication of the Church of the Holy Family in Barcelona. That's live at 4 a.m. Eastern, but then we'll rebroadcast that in the evening. So check our website for that. Mm-hmm. So that, actually, a l- little bit of information. that That's that famous uh, church that started in 1883. Antonio Gaudi, yeah. Yeah, that's right. And he died before it was completed. So I think this will be a pretty big celebration. Yeah, I actually don't think it's completed yet, but close, yeah. No, but it's being consecrated. Yeah, yeah so. it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, so that's tomorrow, Sunday the 7th, uh, Pope in Barcelona. Okay. That's right. And on Wednesday, we have a brand new Catholic Focus um, on the 10th at 7 p.m. Eastern, 8 Pacific. And that's called The Mingling of Faith and Reason, Miracles and the Catholic Church. Mm -hmm. 
hosted by Jenna nice. Murphy. Yeah. And that focus will basically examine the place of miracles in the church and their impact on all of our lives. Yeah, neat. Very interesting topic. Yeah. New Catholic Focus with Jenna Murphy. All right. And openings we have uh, on Thursday, November the 11th at 8.30 p.m. Eastern, 9.30 Pacific. Uh, it's part of our rebroadcast of openings, hoping to get the new episodes done and ready for when we're finished with the old ones. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> He's looking at me as he <laughs> says this because I'm the producer. That's yes, right. that, that's our hope. Yeah. Um, and so which one is airing on Thursday? It's the one on Matt Marr. With Matt Marr. So right. singer-songwriter Matt Marr, who's uh, been on Salt and Light Radio. He's our Salt and Light Radio guest. So if you want to see what he looks like and what he sounds like uh, on uh, Thursday, November 11th, 8.30 Eastern. Yeah. Openings. Great. And uh, there's a new bishop uh, in right. Hamilton. Yeah. And so that's the installation mass takes place earlier in the week, but we will broadcast that mass on Saturday, November 13th, next mm-hmm. Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern. And so he's already a bishop. He's not, it's not a Episcopal yeah, ordination, not ordination, but he is going to replace the retiring bishop there. Yeah, so Bishop uh, Douglas Crosby, who's coming from Labrador right. in Newfoundland, uh, is uh, the new bishop of Hamilton. So he, w- yeah, he, he's going to be installed on November 8th, but we're going to broadcast it on November 13th, Saturday, right. 8 p.m. So thank you very much, Lawrence. Remember to check out our programming schedule. There's more details, more programs at saltandlighttv.org. And that's also where you can watch all our programs streaming live if you're outside our broadcasting area. Now, that's it for the first half of Salt and Light Light Radio. Stay tuned. In the second half, we'll be speaking with uh, personal trainer Michael Carrera about his Catholic workout. And our featured artist uh, of the week, our featured band of the week, rather, is Katie Rain. So we'll be speaking with Bob Halligan, frontman of Katie Rain. So stay tuned. There's no debating that staying in shape is just as important physically as it is spiritually. But so often, with the fast pace of life and the, well, the busyness of life, things like exercise and prayer are the first things to go. Well, if you're one of these people who can't find the time for prayer and fitness, or you feel that it's one or the other, fear no more. There is a new workout just for you. Michael Carrera joins us now to tell us all about it. Michael, welcome to Salt and Light Radio. Oh, thank you, Pedro. Thank you for having me. So the Catholic Workout, <laughs> what, what, what's, what's that all about? Well, really, the Catholic Workout, the book and, and the DVD that I have, are really two things. First of all, it's how I had to work out my faith, uh, in, in the, in my, work out my Catholic faith, uh-huh. in particular bringing God from my head to the heart. Uh-huh. And, but besides that, it's actually a workout. I'm a personal trainer. And the Catholic Workout is five exercises that people do, and these five exercises in particular bring people through the Passion of Christ while they recite the Decades of the Rosary. Okay. Um, why why uh, a book and a DVD? Why not just tell people, hey, why don't you pray while you exercise? Like, why does it need to be more than just that? Well, you see, what it is, this is an actual, it's a system. It's a system of integrating prayer and exercise. You see, when you're able to involve the body into movements along with prayer, it actually heightens the level of what it is that you're feeling. So, for example, I'll give you an example. When, yeah. we, when we pray the rosary, we, it's a Latin term known as compositio loci, where we tell people to place themselves in a place. 
So, for example, we're praying the rosary and we're meditating on the sorrowful mystery. So we're praying with our mind, with our heart, with our soul, and we're seeing the events of what's going on right. in the passion of Christ. Right. When you add the body to it, you're adding the level of feeling to it. Uh-huh. So you're better able to understand and feel, even at a very minute level, at what the Lord went, to on, uh, went through on that day. Now, we tell our kids all the time in sports, leave it on the field. In essence, we say, give it all you got and don't look back. Well, what the Lord, I feel, is telling us is to leave it at the foot of the cross. So really, when you're praying and you're involving your body also in some sort of a system of prayer where you're able to exert yourself and then stop and meditate, it's elevating that level of awareness. So but is there anything specific about the types of physical exercise that you've chosen for a particular mystery, let's say, of the rosary? Yes, or no, does no, it matter? Yes, that's a very good question. See, for example, there is, th- there is that whole notion of you can choose any exercise. But these five exercises are actually movements that mimic some point in the passion of Christ. So for example, the first exercise, which is a regular fitness exercise that I use with my clients all the time, but it's called the scourging and and the nailing of the hands. Uh So you're actually going through the movement and placing your body, not only as the event of what actually happened, but actually going through the movement and imagining the movement of what was happening at that moment. And then you go to the nailing of the feet, and then you go to the removal of the body from the cross, and then you finally end with the resurrection and ascension to heaven. So there's different notions that you go through through the passion so that you're actually bringing your body into it versus simply doing a physical exercise and trying to meditate on it. So you're actually moving your body to the motion. So because, because the exercise uh, sort of mimics an aspect of the motion, it helps you enter into the mystery more so than if I was just swimming and with every lap I do, uh, uh, say, Hail Mary. Right, exactly, which is also good, yeah. See, which is also very good. But what we're trying to do here is really trying to integrate it in the best way possible so that what I am concentrating on and to stop distraction so that I can keep my focus on Christ. And that's why, for example, you do an exercise and then you go ahead and you pray the three prayers of the rosary before you move on. to It's, it's, it's a whole decade of the rosary that you pray through with each, with each exercise. But there's something even more specific than that. The repetitions that I chose, for example, 11 repetitions per set, really signifies the first 11 priests when the Lord broke the bread for the first time. Oh. And then you repeat that three times. So now we have three times 11, we have 33, mm-hmm. which is the age of the Lord's death. And then with the number three also, you have the Trinity. So this whole process is trying to place their heart their mind, their soul, and their body at that point to try and minimize distraction as much as possible and to try and keep your focus on what it is you're trying to achieve. Right, and you're not, uh, and just to clarify, so, so you're not praying while you're doing the exercise you, you, it's, it's, a, it's a cycle. You do a set of exercises, pause, say the prayer. Exactly. Is that how it works? Exactly. So if I were to give you an example of the, the first part of the rosary, which is we have the Apostles' Creed, and then we have the three Hail Marys and, and the Glory Be, that's the warm-up. That roughly takes three minutes. Yeah. So if I can give you an example of one decade, you would start off with the Our Father prayer in silence without moving. You uh-huh. would say the Our Father, the Our Father, without movement, sorry, with, you would say the Our Father prayer. Then you would do one set of the exercise of 11 repetitions. Then you would pause and say three Hail Marys. Then you would do the second set, do pause, say the, another three Hail Marys, uh-huh. and then you do the third set, and then that would leave us the, four, the last four Hail Marys and the closing prayers of the decade before right. starting decade two. Right. Okay, I get it. Now, just a note for anyone joining the program at this time, you're listening to Salt and Light Radio. I'm Pedro Guevara, man. We're speaking with uh, uh, personal trainer and author Michael Carrera about his new uh, book and DVD set, uh, The Catholic Workout. Now, it's, it's called Catholic. Mm-hmm. It's the rosary. So who's this for? If I'm not Catholic, am I left out because I can't? Or can I adapt it to any other prayer? See, that's a a very good question. I actually address that in the book. Mm -hmm. See, 
when you when you break it down, what unites all Christians is the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. and that's why we concentrate on the passion. So, if someone wants to do the exercise while not while not reciting the prayers of the Rosary, they can choose to do whatever prayers they'd like in that. So I tell people, for example, if the Our Father prayer, if there's other Christian prayers that you like, as long as you give yourself roughly 40 seconds in between sets, that's enough so you actually have a good physical workout along with make it, making it much more prayerful. And that's really the thing that I want people to understand about this workout, is that the workout is supported physiologically. It's the type of workout that is the best of what you can do in terms of intensity for your body. But then we added the spiritual dimension for it. And really, so you don't have to function under the notion of all or none. I either work out or I, or I pray. You can really have it all in one. And the way we make it all in one is by really focusing on the passion of Christ in particular. So even if someone is not Catholic, they can still do the workout because the events still bring them through the passion of Christ, which is really what unites us as Christians. And I see something about the physicalness of the passion, but if people wanted to do the joyous mysteries or the glorious or luminous? Oh, sure, of course. And once again, I also say that. I mean, it's really bringing people through the decades of the rosary. And that's why I call it, it's not really, it is a workout, but I call it more it's a system of prayer that Uh integrates the physical with the spiritual. So, for example, you know, a month down the road, if someone wants to try a different exercise, they simply have to put the exercises in according to where I place them in the categories. So they can use whatever exercises they want, and they can use whatever mysteries that they want. But the heart of the Catholic workout, of what's delivered me in understanding and in truly embracing the depthness of our faith, was concentrating on the passion of Christ, right. which is why I directed the book in that, in right. that way. Now, um, you've been doing this for a long time. You're a personal trainer. You're a, uh, an exercise physiologist. We're not exactly sure what that means, <laughs> but it sounds important. Um, um, you mentioned earlier that you that this was a way that you it helped you bring your faith into your uh, into balance with your professional life. Mm-hmm. If I maybe I'm paraphrasing a little yes, bit. Okay. So how how did you come to that? I mean, were you struggling as a as a Catholic to bring your faith into your into your professional life? Or you know what I, I was I was struggling with something I call the dichotomy of insight. See, in my mind, I wanted salvation. In my mind, I wanted the Lord. I wanted to embrace the Lord. I wanted to have a life filled with the Lord. But then there was the struggles of humanity. There was the temptations of the world, the, the notion of, I can't bring Jesus with me to the boardroom. And that's really where I suffered, saying, how am I possibly going to live a Christian life in this world? And I struggled with that. And I know we are all called to evangelize. But how was I going to do that? Was I going to lose clients? Were they not going to take me on because I'm, I'm Catholic, because I'm Christian? Are they going to yeah. think that I'm out of my mind? And really, that's the struggle that I had. But it was only when I finally came to embracing and opening my heart up and really letting go and trusting in God that I saw that the best way that that I could, I'm going to use the word fix this problem for myself, was to try and combine what I know, which is the physical aspect of it, my my vocation, Mm -hmm. with, with what I love, which is the Lord. So really, I stopped studying God, and I started to love God. And once I was able to do that, I was able to bring what I do in the outside world with what I believe in my heart. And that really was the birth of the Catholic workout. And how's it going? Are you finding that once this integration I- is perfected in your own life, that it's actually helping? Well, it helped me. I mean, obviously it's helped me physically because it's, it's physical, it's the fitness, uh, it's fitness principles that, that apply to the workout. But it's tremendous, tremendously helped me um, spiritually because what I really lacked in was gratitude. Hmm. I spent so much time looking at what I didn't have that I forgot of how much I did have. 
And I tell you one thing, that when you exercise and you're hurting and you're sweating and you're increasing your heart rate and you're placing your mind on the event that has forever shocked and revolutionized the world, you can feel nothing but ultimate gratitude. Yeah, and it brings you one with the Lord and it revitalizes you and gives you new life for what it is that you need to do. You know what, I, it makes perfect sense to me. I hope it does to our listeners, um, enough to make them want to uh, find out more. Um, we've been speaking with Michael Carrera. He is an exercise physiologist, a personal trainer and author. His newest book, The Catholic Workout, it's a book DVD set, um, b- helping you build your body and build your faith. Um, you can find out more about The Catholic Workout and, uh, or, or how to purchase it at the website, thecatholicworkout.com. We'll, we'll put a link on that uh, on our site. Also, if you can't remember, thecatholicworkout.com. Um, Michael, thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Peter. It's been great speaking with you, and uh, hopefully we'll, uh, <laughs> I'm going to have to start working out, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, I was just going to ask our listeners that now it's, it's, it, it, we'd like to hear from you. It's your turn. Tell us how you pray and work out. Some people swim, like I said. Some people, you know, maybe write us radio at saltandlighttv.org and let us know how you pray, how you integrate your prayer and your exercise. Uh, radio at saltandlighttv.org. Here now is our featured band of the week, Kaylee Rain, with the title track from their album, I Made Lemonade. Situations 
You're listening to Salt and Light Radio, heard on the Catholic Channel and on the internet at saltandlighttv.org slash radio. I'm Pedro Guevara Man, and that was Kaylee Rain with their song, I Made Lemonade, from their latest album of the same title, I Made Lemonade. Now, one of the first bands, uh, first Catholic bands that I heard that were making mainstream Catholic music was Kaylee Rain. I remember once that they came to Kitchener, Ontario, and they played a concert with... Uh, local band Critical Mass and I was very very impressed I w- in, uh, maybe impressed is, is not the right way I was blown away their, their upbeat blend of Celtic and rock music was infectious but it was their subtle but sincere gospel message that I felt it was all about um, Kaylee Rain founder and lead singer guitarist front man Bob Halligan Jr. joins us now on Salt and Light Radio Bob welcome to Salt and Light Radio thank you Pedro and it's I don't know that I can pronounce your name the way you did so Forgive me for being a. That's okay. You know, that, I guess that makes me a gringo. That's okay. No, <laughs> no. As long as we're as long as we're all pronouncing Kaylee Rain <laughs> properly. No, it's uh, you know we we uh, played at the Christian Festival um, Kingdom Bound. Yes. This past August. Yeah. And the fellow who it, the act who was on it before us, and I can't tell you who that was. Yeah. Finished up, and the fellow gets on the mic, and he says, "Okay." Now, next up is going to be Cecil Rain. Oh, that's And terrible. I went running up onto the stage, because after 15 years of experiencing the, the downside of naming our group with uh, an unpronounceable Gaelic word, yeah. C-E-I-L-I, yeah. is, is pronounced Kaylee, um, I, I'm, you know, I don't really hold back anymore. And, and I said, you've got to straighten that out. It's not Cecil. <laughs> and he said, well, are you Kaylee? And, it's, you know, I, he thought the whole thing was funny. And, uh, I, you know, after the fact, we can laugh about it. But in the moment, it's it's a shame Yeah, six guys introduced as Cecil. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> not that's not funny. Um, so Kaylee Rain, for people who don't know anything about Gaelic or anything like that, what Kaylee, what does it mean? What does it refer to? Well, a Kaylee is, is like a party if, if you imagine a wedding reception. Yeah. An all-ages type of gathering with live music and dancing and general merriment. Uh, that's what a Kaylee is. But it's also a kissing cousin of the word Chaley, the Latin C-O-E-L-I. Which means heaven. Like yeah. celestial. Yes. Yeah, meaning of heaven. Yes. And then the rain part was brought in to rhyme with Kaylee and to also create some balance. Uh, because into every life some rain must fall. So uh, hmm. th- bring it all together and it means a downpour of heavenly partiness. <laughs> so it, it's like pretty much everything we do. It's it's subtle, and you know that's kind of the good news and the bad news. Yeah, neat. So it's a play on words with Chaley, Kaylee. Yep. But Kaylee being nice, I like it. Um, so you've been you've been at this for <laughs> for a long time, not just with Kaylee. I mean, Kaylee Rain itself is what fifteen years old. That's exactly right. Is it? So, but even before Kaylee Rain, you've been doing all kinds of uh, songwriting for all kinds of different people. Played with uh, other groups since you were a teenager yourself. Yep. Um, so in a way, not that I want to go way back to the beginning, to the genesis of Bob Halligan, but y- what was growing up like in the Halligan household? Well, uh, I was an only child. I was, I was uh, briefly, I was adopted huh. um, at age two months from Our Lady of Victory, which is not too far from where you guys are in Lackawanna, New York, near Buffalo. Right. Um, uh, and the, 
the priest there whose name is escaping me right now, Father right. Baker. Yeah. Um, there, there's talk of maybe he'll be canonized at some point because he did some pretty radical stuff, some miraculous stuff in his endeavors. But right. um, I was an only child. I went to Catholic school through high school, and I fortunately um, was I, I played at the folk masses. Now, this is going back to the late 60s, yeah. so the original folk masses. Yeah, yeah. And Kumbaya, and they'll know we are Christians yeah. by our love, and all that stuff. Yeah. And I could transpose the songs without a capo and this and that. And mm-hmm. So a remark was passed to me by the music teacher that he thought I was pretty sharp, so I tried writing a song in 1968 when I was 15 years old, and it just flew out of me, and I kind of assumed that that was my ticket to to becoming myself. And so I've, I've sort of followed that, and when I, when I talk now, Pedro, to, uh, for example, a week and a half ago, we were in North Dakota doing a diocesan youth rally there. Mm-hmm. And in my keynote presentation to the kids, I tell my story a bit, and I say, you know, we're all made uniquely uh, perfect and beautiful, Mm -hmm. and, you know, sort of the corny snowflake theory, but (laughs) that God doesn't do lousy work, and whatever you think about yourself, you're just right, and uh, you just have to kind of discover your the God DNA, the stamp that he put on you for who you are to be and and revel in it and rejoice in it, and that is your, our ministry. So, right, um, yeah. Now, just a note for anyone joining the program at this time, you're listening to Salt and Light Radio. I'm Pedro, and we're speaking with Bob Halligan from Cayley Rain. Um, w- were you always strong in your faith? I mean, you went to Catholic school, but that sometimes doesn't mean much. Well, honestly, uh, I, I went through the motions, and um, I, I felt reverent toward it, and I, I loved it, but I didn't crave it. Uh-huh. Um, then when I got married at age 22, my wife Linda did crave the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and she would go to a Wednesday night sort of charismatic prayer thing. This was in 1975. Yeah. And I was jealous. It was kind of like Jesus was the other man. <laughs> and uh, so... That was the point at which I started to seek God out and say, Jesus, hit me with this, uh, you know, crazy God stick that that I've seen other people, you know, I wanted the lightning bolt. And it never came. It was, for me, it's always been one step in front of another. Right. Um, And my my faith is absolutely the center of my life and Mm -hmm. of my household. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, when I talk to kids, I say, you probably think this is creepy, but I talk to God all day long. Hmm. And some of them think it's creepy, and some of them think it's cool. Yeah, and I think that comes out in, in your songwriting, um, subtle though it may be. Yeah. Um, what is your process? I mean, you, that you are a songwriter. You do songwriting workshops. So what, what's your process? Do you pray before you write a song? Um, or do you I, you know, I, I, I pray to Starbucks. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I, you know, I, Pedro... It, there's there's no one way of doing it, but right. I'll just say this: I I understand that God has this work for me to do, and I show up for work, and I do I write the song that I believe God gave me to write that day, mm-hmm. and sometimes the the spirituality is very subtle, um, sometimes it's more at the fore, but. Uh, 
I've been called a literature-based writer as opposed to a scripture-based writer. Right. And so it is true that I spend more time um, reading great fiction. And I'm not talking about Jacqueline Suzanne. I mean, mm-hmm. the great writers of our times and previous times mm-hmm. to be inspired and to, to look at their God-given creativity and go, wow, if I could be 8% as good as this guy, I'd really have something. So right. between that and my daily 24-7 relationship with God and thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, uh, you know, I wear him out. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I wrote a song called, Lord, It's Me Again. Yeah, you heard right, I send my love to you again. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy, you know, yeah. and it's a bit relentless, but that's, you know, that's my daily regimen. And yeah. so the, the writing process involves God from start to finish, but, um, you know, I kind of, I kind of just let him steer the thing. Right. And then, and, and then whatever, daily inspiration, mundane stuff as it is. Bob, that's all the time we have. Um, but thank you so much for joining us. I I hope that this is, uh, I mean, we've been listening to your music throughout the show. So hopefully, uh, lots of new, uh, listeners for Kaylee rain, uh, come out of this show. Um, yes, thank you so much for that. Not a problem. Bob Halligan Jr. of Kaylee Rain. You can get more information and learn how to purchase their music at their website, kayleerain.com. And remember, Kaylee, it's C-E-I-L-I, Rain, R-A-I-N.com. We're going to put that link on our webpage as well, saltandlighttv.org slash radio. Um, here now is uh, Bob Halligan and Kaylee Rain with uh, another song from their newest album, I Made Lemonade. The song is titled, I See a Halo.
you're listening to I See a Halo from our featured band of the week, Kaylee Rain. That's the end of our program this week. If you missed any part of this broadcast or you want to listen to any Salt and Light radio program or check out the links to our artists or guests, just go to our website, saltandlighttv.org radio. And remember, Salt and Light Radio is part of Salt and Light Catholic Media Foundation dedicated to bring the light of the gospel to the world through media. Our executive producer is Brazilian father Thomas Rosica. Our sound engineer is Javier Capella. If you'd like to support our ministry, please visit our website, saltandlighttv.org, or send us an email, radio at saltandlighttv.org. Thank you for listening. I'll talk to you next week. I'm Pedro Guevara Man, and this has been Salt and Light Radio.